Hey guys, and welcome back to the 40 Yard Live podcast. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, I decided to mix it up. My name is, once again, you know, you know who I am. I am Jacob Campos, and on my left-hand side, yeah, as always, for the 19th time, is of course the lovely Evan Veith. Thank you, thank Guys, you. I got... I got a lot of energy right now, yeah. and I don't know why. It's been a very long week. It's a Thursday, if that lets you guys know how busy our week has been. Yeah. Evan and I... Only second week back at school, and this guy's already just... You gotta move everything back. I'm sorry, man. I'm it's sorry. All right, it's we all make right. it work. We're, we're we here. make we're it here. work. Well, luckily, you know, obviously the fall was our busier semester. Not too much going on, but still a lot. We still are about a month out from Texas baseball starting, mm-hmm. but we are right in the thick of it with Texas basketball. Now, before we start with Texas basketball, we're going to pass off to Evan for just a little bit of a blurb about Texas football because there is a special someone that is on campus, and no, it is not me. <laughs> special someone on campus. It also kind of sounds like Arch that we're talking about. Oh, Arch has actually, a LinkedIn now, too. It's, Arch, it's, Arch, Arch, for those who haven't seen, uh, has lost his ID twice already. I'm almost starting to think it's a joke. He's, such a, he's, he's such a clown. I, I don't know what that guy's doing. Either way, he's not the one we're talking about. We're not. Uh, for those who saw the national championship game the past two years, Adonai Mitchell of Georgia has been the best wide receiver in those games, and he was look, looking to be one of the best receivers in the country next year, and he's entered the transfer portal for Georgia, and it seems all but pretty much uh, 100% guaranteed that he's going to Texas. Mm-hmm. He's got family here. One of his big draws apparently was that he's got a kid in Texas where you know he grew up here, um, and he didn't originally go to UT, but this is a huge get for the team, which coming into the offseason, we thought there'd be a lot of question marks at the wide receiver position. We didn't even know if Worthy was staying, and now it looks like we're going to have Worthy, Whittington coming back, Isaiah Nay are fully healthy. A lot of freshmen, including Jontae Cook, and now, you know, we have Adonai Mitchell most likely coming in, which will be one of the best receiving cores in the country. Nay or as well? Yeah, Nay or as well. Like, that's, got that's, that, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a good five to six guys right there all battling for a spot in the top three. I mean, competition's always healthy. You might expect a few of these kind of lower-level guys to transfer, transfer you know, move out of the team. But I'm very excited for this receiving core alongside JT Sanders. This will be a fun offense to watch, and Ewers has all the weapons this year. You know, we lost that running a really big hole at running back, but I'm really excited for Ad Mitchell to you know be on the 40 acres. Apparently, oh. like like JC said, I mean, it seems like this. an almost guarantee I mean, at this point yeah, that I we're mean, getting this guy. Every, every Crystal Ball website has it 100. He says he wants to come to Texas. He's already followed Ewers and a bunch of the wide receivers on Instagram. I, I just don't see it not happening. So. Yep. Hopefully we don't need our words, and next week we have to apologize for getting this wrong. <laughs> but, uh, he, yeah, he entered the portal on the last day, and 24-7, ESPN, all these sites, and everywhere on Twitter that Crystal Balls has him pretty much 100% to Texas. And, mm-hmm. yeah, for those who don't know, this is this is a big get for UT, and he will be one of the best wide receivers in the Big 12 now that Quentin the Johnson's gone. biggest get of the portal, with the exception of Quinn Ewers. I mean, Jalen Catalan could be huge as well. We haven't even talked about him. That safety, is, safety out of Arkansas is officially officially is committed. And to he UC. was All SEC last year, I believe, as well. Yeah, wasn't he, was, he? he was one of the best freshman safeties in the country, if not the best. Last year has battled injuries pretty much ever since, but went healthy. This guy's a difference maker, and he will bring a lot of a lot of run stuffing, which will be nice from the safety position. But he's also very good over the top and should just be a great player to have on this Longhorns team. Yeah. I, I mean, we're not going to get too into Texas football today, but that's not. I mean, yeah, I agree, but, like, that's – you're right. We really have, like, overlooked, like, the guys that we have gotten. Exactly. Yeah. Because at the very end of the day, the ones that we did lose to the portal in the NFL draft, like, we lost who we thought we were going to lose in the draft. Mm-hmm. Not much but of a surprise. We saw Jalen Ford coming back, which was good. And, you know, going to see him raise his draft stock and head off to the NFL in one year. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to retain 
all of our players, which was kind of shocking. Yeah. So I mean, most of the transfers haven't been huge impact players. No, at the end of the day, all you need to do is get one or two more guys on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I do think we need Great. one more proven linebacker because yeah. you're going to be throwing – we have the best linebacker class in the country, but you're going to be throwing a lot of linebackers in there that are freshmen in college. Not always going to be a great idea. Yeah. And I think one more safety would help us as well in the portal. Yeah. Something mean, could help. You can't be picky because this is already looking to be one of the best offseasons Texas has had in a long time. Yeah. I mean, this is this is one of the more – this should be one of the more anticipated seasons coming up for, for this school. And like you said, there's still a few holes to fill on the defensive side. You know, Ant Hill and, and um, Ford are likely going to be a great linebacker duo. Who's going to be that third guy? We might have an edge rusher that might come in, someone a pair of sweat maybe on the D-line, maybe a safety. I don't even know if we'll need a safety anymore. Either way, this defense is looking a lot better than what we thought it would look like coming into the offseason. I mean, yeah. we thought we'd be losing Ford. We didn't think we'd get a player of Catalan's caliber. Nope. And now it's the, you know, the portal's just now officially closed for applications. Sark's still got a whole country to play with and play around with to you know, find some guys to mm-hmm. really fill in that defensive team and help PK out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, when you really look at it, Texas right now, uh, their offensive line that's supposed to start next season, they said it's going to have, uh, I read this the other day, I believe it was 101 combined starts. That's great. Among next year's starting line, which is the most they've had since that season where they went on to beat Georgia <laughs> in the Sugar Bowl. So that's great. Our offensive line is returning some experience. Quinn Ewers is going to be our quarterback under center next year. I don't want to hear anything about it. Yep. Malik Murphy is obviously gunning for that number two job next year. I mean, our biggest question mark, and it's not even a question mark, because Jonathan Brooks is a proven runner. Hopefully, him, him and Keelan and Cedric just get it done. But yeah. like, not even mention Jaden Blue. What would you even say the biggest weakness of our offenses? I would make the argument that oh, it's really offense, this is our tight end position now. Oh, I wouldn't even say. That. I mean, our, our offense is definitely the running game because it's the biggest question mark. Because, I don't know, man. I mean, I, JT Sanders is one of the best tight ends in the nation. I mean, yeah. of course, Billings League is gone. Gunnar Helm's a fine backup. I don't think we're. He's bad. just a backup. Though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's you know we're still technically in the running for Deuce Robinson, the number one tight end that's prospect. Not that's not happening. That's, he's going to Georgia. Uh, he, he will be going to Georgia. It looks like. Um, you know, obviously, I think losing Bijan Roshan will will leave a huge hole. Uh, it's you know hard to say it won't. But either way, we have four running backs who will be competent next year at the very worst. And this doesn't need to be the team that leads the Big Twelve in rushing when in theory Quinn Ewers has the best receiving core. In the, in the nation, maybe, I want to say. Maybe, yeah. I mean, Ohio State will always have that title with Brian Hartline there, who's now their OC. Uh, there's some great players at USC. You know, Mario Williams is going to take a next step in. But this might be one of the most impactful wide receiver cores we've ever seen at Texas, and I'm excited for it. And, I mean, I think my only question for you is, it's going to be pretty obvious, but I think we're about to lose two of our lower-end guys. And, obviously, you know, I think the one player that I hope we retain – I was actually thinking about this the other day for our show because, you know, like, I, I I, was very hard on him the entire season until the Alma Bowl when he showed up because he oh, had the drops the entire that. year. You know, no one made me as upset as Casey Kane did mm-hmm. in the first half of last season. But he really did pick it up in the Alma Bowl. He led the team in receiving. So I hope we can keep a guy like Kane around. But I see us losing, you know. Brandon Thompson. Is Tariq Milton in the yeah. portal? Tariq, I Milton, Tariq Milton's at Iowa Tariq State. Tariq Milton is out, right? Yeah, yeah he's I at Iowa remember. State now. Yep. I mean, yeah, guys like Savion Red, Casey Kane, Brandon Thompson <laughs> are likely guys we will be losing, I think. Yeah. I mean, two, two out of the three I, th- I mentioned are probably going to be on. Just because as much as I'm a person who believes you should stick it out with the team, and there's plenty of these. Like, a lot of these players, Worthy, Nayer, Whittington, uh, probably Mitchell, will all be gone mm-hmm. next season because of the draft. So there's still time for these players to go in, but a lot of them, I think, want to start somewhere on a Power 5 program or at least somewhere that plays competitive football and 
I just don't know if a player like Brandon Thompson wants to sit on the bench for two and a half, three years. And can you really blame him either? No, you can't. I mean, another thing to note before, because we, wow, we really have just jumped into football. Yes. I think to make note, um, which I feel like people should be excited about, yes, it is unfortunate, but we don't have a wide receivers coach anymore either. No. We didn't even mention that. Brendan Marion left. Yep. Got an OC, OC job, correct? Yeah, he's an OC yeah. at UNLV now. OC at UNLV, which is huge. Yes, it's unfortunate. But in one year with the program, guys, he got a promotion. That yeah. means Brendan Marion's only, you know, a couple good seasons out from becoming a head coach yeah. somewhere in a Power 5 program. Good for him. We should be excited about this. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, uh, it is rumored that the Jaguars wide receivers coach could potentially be on his way to Texas. I've, I've heard it's kind of dwindled down a little bit at least because he's, he wants to stay in the NFL, which... That did seem like a stretch at the time. Yeah, why did. would you just directly downgrade? I mean, you're Especially going to the year the Jags are having. Yeah, and, and you know, getting a wide receiver and Calvin Ridley back will be great for his job. But oh man, Calvin Ridley! I still don't really know what's going on. What's going on at the wide receiver coach position? Who knows? There's still some question marks on this team, but yeah, I think most of our most of our fan base is going to be very happy with the way that this offseason went. Oh yeah, it can only really go up from here unless worthy transfers. So I'm, I'm excited for what what's happening at UT, and I think some things. You know, we weren't as excited about all transition with that. Um, Smooth. Texas basketball has been, you know, better than what, if you told me right when Chris Beard uh, got suspended and eventually fired, that we'd be 15-3, and 4-2 and two in conference play. December 13th. December 13th. December 13th and 14th, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have been that mad uh, with what we were at. But this last loss to Iowa State was kind of a soul crusher. Disgusting. That one really hurt when, uh, you know, Tyrese Hunter coming back to Ames and Getting fully outplayed. You know, the Kansas State loss, sometimes teams will just go crazy. They didn't miss a shot, Kansas State. And then, you know, after that, we had two very important wins. Beating a ranked TCU team, beating Texas Tech. Even though the Texas Tech game was at home, we only won by two. And that Tech game was Texas a Tech. lot closer than it should have been Yeah, as I mean, well. JC and I were both there at that game. Fun game, by the way. One of my favorite ones I've been to as a fan at UT. The pretzels um, were really bad. The pretzels were not good. <laughs> <laughs> um... You know, that was not our best game. And, again, one of the things we've seen with Coach Terry is that this team struggles a lot in the first half. They are down by 9.5 against Tech. I think they were down by 13.5 against TCU. Um, and it's great that they're making these comeback runs. And, you know, they outscored Texas Tech by 11 in the second. But it shouldn't feel like the game is, you know, super come from behind every single time. Because it's hard with these teams. You know, Texas Tech is struggling this year. You can make these comeback wins. I think they're 0-5 in Big 12 play now. But – well, we're playing Kansas when we're playing, even though Baylor's struggling this year, in general, a team like Baylor, it's going to be hard to just mount these huge comebacks, especially on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I just, this needs to be a team that steps up a lot more in the first half and just shouldn't makes their shots more. It feels like they just shoot better in the second half for some reason. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but Evan literally heard me say this at the game on Saturday. We were watching the Tech game, and, you know, the, the crowd was starting to get hype, and I told Evan, I was like, we're screwed if we go on the road and play like this. Yeah, yeah. I told them that. And what happens? Go on the road and play like that. And, you know, they did what they normally do, which is they struggle in the first half to even just get a decent shot off. Yeah. And Marcus Carter decides to play hero ball. Tyrese Hunter just dribbles around. Oh. And you're not looking for anybody. And I don't know what you're trying to do. And you have two of the top 20 recruits in last year's class in Ontario Morris and Dylan Mitchell, who, you know, Evan's been very, very – vocal about this the entire year that Mitchell is not being utilized here correctly mm-hmm. and I think that was obvious in yet another performance as he had only 16 minutes didn't put up a shot zero points didn't even put up a shot Tyrese Hunter also had zero didn't he as well or no just no no, no no he, he had 10 in this game 10 but he went scoreless against Tech yeah against Tech so, as yeah. well mm-hmm. yeah I mean there's there's a lot that's 
gone wrong. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to put so much blame on Coach Terry because it's such an unfortunate situation for him to come in. But I'm starting to think Dylan Mitchell did something to him because there's no reason that a top five recruit in the nation or top ten recruit in the nation should be putting up zero points in this big of a game and not playing a minute in the under ten in the second half. They just straight up just do not play him in the second half. I don't understand yep. what it is. And, you know, Artero Morris struggles shooting a lot, but he shouldn't be taking only two shots a game. This combo should not be taking two shots total in the game and only paying 25 minutes combined. Agreed. This is too good of a duo of players that should be playing more and should be getting more opportunities. You know, Dylan Mitchell is not a player who excels at the three-point line like a lot of these top freshmen are recently, and he's not a guy who creates his own shot that much. But the problem is that we're not even giving them the opportunity to. They kind of just put them on the baseline and hope that maybe he gets a rebound on the offensive glass and puts it back in. But I've not seen a single play since Coach Terry has taken over in a, an important Big 12 game where Dylan Mitchell had a screen, a screen with him as the role or had an alley-oop play made for him. They never make plays for Dylan Mitchell, which I don't get. Why, why bring in a player of this caliber if you're going to waste his talent like this? And I feel bad for him because he's you know lowering in all these draft stocks because – why would a player, a team draft a player like this when he's scoring zero points in a you know top twelve matchup? I mean, that's also a decision that he's gonna have to make soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because unless he somehow has some crazy NCAA tournament appearance, he should not enter the draft. Oh, I don't. It's think not so. the smart decision. But then the question is, oh, does that mean he's gonna enter the transfer portal? Uh, yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that portal. I think this portal is not gonna be kind to Texas. No, basketball this it, it will not. It obviously depends on what happens to the head coaching spot, but yeah. Dylan Mitchell is a first-round lottery-level player, and I don't think he's going to be picked there, which is probably why he would stay another year and most likely transfer somewhere else. But this guy is way too talented and way too athletic to not be giving him any chances handling the ball at all. They just never let him dribble at all and not make any lob plays or cut plays with him. I mean, Terry just puts him on the baseline and has him stand there. It's, it's almost like the P.J. Tucker effect in the NBA where P.J. Tucker will just sit in the corner. Yeah, but at least but TJ, P.J. Tucker's like 100 years old. Yeah. That's the difference between yeah, the two. Yeah, but and Tucker will you know get a get a pass. Maybe score six points a game off two threes. That's, Dylan Mitchell's not even getting that. And Arterio Morris, who you know he thought would be more of a spark plug off the bench, is just not getting the minutes that he deserves. And uh, you, know, you can obviously see that Terry likes his veteran players. You know, is putting Carr in for a lot of these games. Rice is getting a lot of minutes. Brock Cunningham's getting more minutes down don't the even, stretch. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, and it, it was just very annoying when, you know, Bishop and uh, DC were both in foul trouble. Both had four fouls at the end of the game. And this is when the game was starting to really get out of reach. But they, you know, Iowa State, their center player was very good with Osin Osunyi. I thought that was such a funny name. His name is Osin Osin. Um, and they put in Brock Cunningham to deal with him, who is five inches shorter than him and a lot lighter and plays smaller. Why not put in your athletic 6'9 forward who mm-hmm. can play down low defense? He's not great. There's a reason Bishop and Disu are preferred, but it's better than Cunningham. They just completely take away from, from Mitchell the whole time. And, you know, don't get me started on Tyrese Hunter uh, recently. Uh, he's averaging about six points a game, I think, in Big 12 play, Jeez. which is atrocious. Just, you know, he's still a great on-ball defender, which gives him some value to our team. But it feels like what's the point in starting him if – He's just going to take awful shots every time, and he can't develop. He can't make his own shot anymore. Early in the season, he was even against these ranked teams like Illinois, Creighton, Gonzaga. He was making his own shot, getting past defenders, and just finishing at the rim or hitting wide open shots. He can't hit his threes right now. You know, he's shooting about thirty percent from three, if even that. It might be down to like twenty percent. Hunter is three for eleven in this last game. The game before that, zero points. Just really bad performance from a guy who probably comes in as one of the top players in the Big 12 coming into the year and has not performed even close to that. 
Mm -hmm. And I think really, if you want to take the biggest takeaway, I'm about to read off just a little bit of this game. Uh, take it as you will, kind of see it at face value, but this is kind of going to give you what we were trying to say about Texas, um, excuse me, Texas basketball, but also when you shoot 13% from the three point, you're never going to win a game as well. Yeah. Let's just get it. Like this team can't shoot the three ball to save their life. Nope. And that's been a problem for a while. Yep. All right. So 728 left in the first half. Serge Jabari Rice layup. Texas has an 11 point lead. Next possession. Missed jumper by Marcus Carr. Next possession. Missed jumper by Tyrese Hunter. <laughs> Couple substitutes. Next possession. Turnover. Jabari Rice. Next possession. Turnover. Christian Bishop. Next possession. Turnover. Marcus Carr. Next possession. Foul. Missed free throw by Tyrese Hunter. Yep. Foul by Timmy Allen on the rebound. And it just keeps on going, guys. Then UT doesn't get another solid two points until Jabari Rice scores on a on when he goes to the foul line with three minutes later in the game. What happens immediately after? Turnover. Tyrese Hunter. This team was only kept in this game because they were able to score, I believe it was like six free throws in like the final seven minutes. Yeah. It should have honestly been more of a blow. It was point. atrocious. Atrocious yeah. is what it was. I mean, that's all that's you can word. say. It's yeah. this offense just – I don't understand how they do it because <laughs> when they're clicking, nobody can stop them. Yeah. But they just have this ability to fall asleep for six minutes at a time. And it's either going to be, you know, right as we come out of half, right as we head into half, or the first ten minutes of the game. Yeah. I just – I haven't seen this team unless – I think the last time I saw this team put together – you know, a full performance was against Creighton. Yeah, I think I, agree. I think that's really my argument, which was the very beginning in December. It's been almost two months since this team has had a full performance, like a full mm -hmm. first, first forty minute, minutes. First forty minutes, minutes minute we're playing. Were. Yeah, the whole no, time. I, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, and it feels like there's. It feels like this team is really only a two or three man team right now. Marcus Carr is still shooting very efficiently, still a top five scorer in the Big Twelve. Yep. Not his best game last game, and obviously he does play a little bit of hero ball sometimes. But he's our best shooter. He's our best scorer. He's our best passer. He does a lot very well. We love Marcus Carr. I like Sir Jabari Rice off the bench. He should even be starting. He closes out games, so I don't really mind. But Jabari Rice's pump fakes, legendary. Might be the best pump fake I've ever seen. It's so Pro good. or it's college. so good. Free throws, really clutch in that Texas Tech game. Really clutch against TCU. Best free throw shooter in the conference. But after that, DCU's played pretty well recently. I mean, I'm struggling to find another name. Timmy Allen has a game here and then no, it's kind of a no-show. Then a game here is a no-show. I mean, I feel like Bishop is in, like, isn't even like a good starter. I think he's a good yeah, secondary he's, piece he's off the coming, bench. He's been coming off the bench like, at least yeah. pretty well. But mm -hmm. since Big Twelve plays started, they've you know they had that crazy Kansas State game, lost against Iowa State, but their wins haven't been very emphatic. You yes, know, okay one point State. game to Oklahoma, four point game with TCU that honestly they probably should have lost. Yep, two point game versus Tech, and you know those were home games. They should be winning against and Tech then at the home. one where they pulled it out against OK State. Yeah, and then OK State, 10-point win at OK State. Good game, but that's one of the worst teams in the conference right there. So, if not the worst, alongside Texas Tech. Well. Yeah, so Texas has the hardest remaining schedule in the country um, based on Ken Palm, <laughs> which is fair because they play Tennessee in three games. So, they, But they have two games to figure it out. And I think Coach Terry will figure it out. They're going to Morgantown to play West Virginia on the 21st. Who is second to now. last in the Big yeah, 12 right now. This West Virginia team is not good. If you guys remember, um, Trey Mitchell plays for them, uh, which is funny, funny name that we haven't heard in a little bit. Um, and Oklahoma State at home should be two wins in should theory be. for this Texas should team. Should be. Then they're going to play at Tennessee, the best defensive team in the nation right now, alongside Houston. El City, bro. 
Yes, yeah, against Buffalo. He has on. former coach Rick Barnes. That will be <coughs> kind of that, that. In my point opinion, will be the the pivot matchup because after that, Ooh. it's Baylor, Kansas State, Kansas. Yikes. You go two for four out of that. I'm so happy. I agree. Even I think, if you go one for four and beat Kansas, I'm happy. You know, and I think uh, what I what I heard um, the first game we lost this year, the game in New York against Illinois, uh, which was you know when was that like early Back December, first week of December? December? Yeah, it was. That was our first loss of the season. That team just couldn't put it away in the second half, and they just blew the game with like nine minutes left to yeah, go. Overtime loss, seven points. It happens, you know. It was whatever, and it was because of a couple missed free, uh, free throws by Tyrese Hunter, mm-hmm. kind of set the game to overtime. Happens. But, you know, even back then, the commentators of Horns 247 and other sites were saying, this is still a team that's still supposed to lose six, seven games. Well, here we are now. This team has lost three. So realistically, Evan, what are your expectations for this team as the rest of the season plays out? Because we still got quite a bit left to go before the conference tournament. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to specifically say they're going to lose as many games, they're going to win as many games. Because they could drop some of these random games. But in general, I think, you know, they're going to sweep these unranked matchups in the Big 12. West Virginia's Oklahoma State's, Texas Tech's Oklahoma's, these kind of teams. And then we get into, you know, Tennessee, Baylor, K-State, Kansas, TCU one more time. And that's, I, I want to say, there's eight ranked games that they have left on their schedule. Jeez. I think this team has five more losses in them, I'm not going to lie. I think that they'll end with eight losses, which is respectable. If they ended with eight losses right now... I believe that would have them about 24 wins, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. I can actually do that. Um, you got it. Yeah, yeah 20, 20, 24, 24 and 8. You got it. Yeah. Which would be a great season for this team, given that Coach Beard's gone. If Coach Beard was here, you know, I'd want them to be a 27-win team. Not going to be too picky about all that. But that's still, you know, a team that's going to be top five in the conference, top four or five in the conference. And a high-ish seed for the tournament. Probably a well, top four or five seed in the tournament. Hold your horses now because all of a sudden, Texas has dropped to fourth in conference. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still six teams in the Big 12 that are ranked this year in the mm-hmm. AP Top 25. It's the best conference in college basketball in a long time. Mm-hmm. And Kansas just getting beat by K-State the other yeah. night too as well. K-State's so, amazing this year. As of right now, you know, and it's kind of anybody's conference, I feel like. Yeah. If anybody can get on a hot run and pick it up. Someone can easily walk away. I mean, Baylor could walk away with this, and they're having a down year. I mean, every team has a loss in, in Big 12 play already, which is good for Texas because that means, you know, they're not playing as far from behind. They're, it helps. You know, still fourth. Yeah. But that win against West Virginia, we need to pick it up on Saturday, and we need to pick that one up at home against Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Texas does have, I would argue, the mm, – I wouldn't say the toughest because I still think Kansas is the toughest play. I think they have the second toughest arena to play in the Big yeah, 12 Yeah, at this conference. point. I mean, people don't want to hear it, but – I mean, I, just, I feel like the atmosphere, the Moody Center, I love Frank Irwin. I miss the Frank Irwin Center. But the Moody Center is built for college basketball. And, you know, Crystal Conte, if he could just create a better fan section, that's beside yeah. the point. That's neither here nor we there. We could rant for the next hour on this podcast about the way that the Moody Center is set up for but, students. <laughs> we're not going to worry about it for that, right though. now. But, I mean, Texas, they just, I mean, you can't lose any home games from here on out. Yeah, the that's home games have what to you're, win. It's kind of yeah. what you're hoping for. And if you can split the road games – I'd call that a good end to the season. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's that's fair analysis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, eight losses. You're still in a good spot for the NCAA tournament. At the end of the day, this is a team that is built for the tournament with a lot of veterans. And in theory, hopefully Mitchell is going to advance throughout the year and become better. And it's a team that can upset teams as well because they have such a high ceiling of players. You know, great defensive team. Their offense is better than usual in general this year. They could be a team that makes a run into the top eight in the lead eight of the tournament, but right now we gotta focus on these Big Twelve games. Yeah, tell me, tournament might feel easier than the Big Twelve at this point. I mean, the, I mean, the Big Twelve is 
about as stacked as you can ever find a conference. I mean, if it weren't for all the other teams being so good, teams the Oklahoma teams, West Virginia and Texas Tech would not look this bad. I mean, they already looked great in out-of-conference play anyway, so. I mean, and, you know, I just kind of final note as we close out on Texas basketball is, like he said, it's making the teams look bad, but none of these teams are below 500 in yeah, the conference true. overall. That's kind of an important note to make. Every I single think that team says is, two, is two games over 500, actually. Yep. Well, Texas basketball, you got anything left to say on that one, Evan? No, I think, I think I've ranted enough. I think you've ranted enough. I think it's kind of – that was more – seemed like us just airing our frustration. Yeah, that was, was a frustration one. That was definitely a frustration one. You know, that happens. Sometimes we're just going to be like that. But we can kind of turn our attention to another part that we talked about because we have something to go over from last week before we start, and that is actually going to be – our NFL playoff predictions. So we are going to give you our records from last week, and then we're going to talk about this week's upcoming divisional rounds. Obviously, we had a few few misses. I know I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we can can look at those. So we're actually going to go ahead and take one quick brief break, and then we'll be right back to go over our records and talk some NFL divisional. And we are back. And we have our records, and we're going to let Evan read them off to you. Overall, I'm actually pretty happy with how I did because I'm not going to lie to y'all. I did not so do so good on the sports book this weekend. <laughs> uh, it was not kind to me no, this weekend, no. but at least my overalls we're, were decent. We're, 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 we're eating in for the next three weeks. Right? We, are, we are eating we're in eating for a while, boy. Yeah, took, uh, yeah, that was a tough weekend. The 40-yard line together went a cold 9-3 and three on our predictions, and I feel it's pretty good. You know, a nice 75%, I believe Respectable, that is. yeah. That is. Uh, you know, for the drum roll, for people who don't know. Uh, JC, 4-2. and two. Evan, 5-1. and one. I take that. Can we just... Absolute guy, Guys, if the Chargers <laughs> were not the Chargers, we I would have won. So the best part about that was I that... I would have won. We weren't really able to watch the full Chargers game, and we saw the score was, what, 30-0? to zero? And, and we were like, oh, well, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm lost. Yeah, and over the next three hours, we would because we had an event that night for um, our social ward, right? Mm-hmm. Over the next three hours, whenever he and I interacted with each other, it would be like, oh, it's a 10-point game. Oh, oh it's, it's tied. And it's like, wait... It's like it's like a two point game. JC the Jags won. <laughs> and then so for me, I yelled at Evan. He couldn't hear me because he was way across the room. I was like, Evan, the Jags won. He was like, What? And I was like, the Jags and he just walked away. I was like, All right, whatever. And then an hour later he comes up to me. He's like, JC, well, I thought, I thought you JC, told me something. The I, Jags won. I thought he told me something and, else. And I was like, Evan, get out of my face. Don't even talk to I me. I thought he told me something else. This is such a poor revisionist history. It I, was, I was on the clock. It happened. It, it happened. It happened. It happened. And anyway, know, my, my, you know, the ones we got wrong, I got my Giants-Vikings game wrong. Frauds. I thought the Giants were, uh, were going to take an L, but, you know, Kirk Cousins always prevails in the playoffs. Frauds. Or the opposite, I guess. Also, um, Justin Jefferson, not that good. Going to say it. it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> going to say it. And then, and then JC did pick the Bucks, which uh, that's not the best look for you right now. Yeah, I felt like yeah, an idiot. Cowboys. Cowboys destroyed them. Um, ne- we're going to go a little, just mini recaps. Never pick gonna, the NFC. Never pick the <laughs> NFC. We're going to do some mini recaps and then uh, go into some more analysis about the games coming up. Bills-Dolphins game, uh, way too close for the Bills. Uh, Christ, You dude. know, JC did call out Josh Allen for having a monumental playoff. My bad, guys. I was off. I had a bad weekend. I yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah. He had, I, I want to say, four turnovers in that game. Uh, uh, Skyler yeah. Thompson showed why he was a third-string quarterback as the Bills did pull it out as – 
everyone in the world expected. Uh, but it was not a clean win. Only won by three points. Um, and they didn't score in the fourth quarter, which was pretty bad from them. The rushing game still is awful in Buffalo. And uh, James Cook is not being utilized, in my opinion, when he should be. Uh, Jalen uh, Waddle and Tyreek – I almost called him Jalen Hill and Tyreek Waddle. Um, Jalen uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill had a lot of drop problems. Kasiki as well. Um, you know, 18 for 45 for Skylar Thompson is never, uh, never something you want to see for your quarterback. Yeah. Um – I mean, I think he kind of hit everything on yeah, the camera. Yeah. I mean, that's really all you need to say. But One of the most uneventful, eventful games. Uneventful, eventful for sure. Yeah. And it was just, it was a bad performance from the Buffalo team. Yeah. But on the bright side, that takes us to our next game, where the team that was also supposed to win pretty easily also struggled in a very big way Against on the big the stage. Uh, we're going to turn our attention real quick to the Cincinnati-Baltimore game, which was the nightcap of Sunday night's game. Mm-hmm. And for a second there, it looked like Cincinnati was going to put it away. Jamar Chase put the Bengals up early. And, you know, we're thinking, okay, what's going on here? All of a sudden, Cincinnati's up 10. Then J.K. Dobbins and Tyler Huntley get it done. We got a 97 game because there was a missed PAT mm-hmm. on the Bengals' part. Yeah, we'll get to and then PATs. it kind of just <laughs> yo, tough. And it kind of just sat there and it muddled for a little bit until all of a sudden, you know, there was, there was a touchdown back and forth in the third quarter. But that was it. And the game was, in my opinion, starting to become a snooze fest. And I'm only saying that because I actually did fall asleep during the game. (laughs) But all of a sudden, there we are, y'all. It's the fourth quarter, all right? There's 11 minutes left in the game. And Tyler Huntley is at about, you know, just about at the two-yard line. Yeah, yeah. So he decides to do the Tom Brady. Those of you who don't know who that is, Tom Brady, if he, you know, he can't run. But he can't get that ball over the he pile. The ball he can, the he can get that ball over the line. And the Ravens tried it, and it was stripped, and it was picked up by Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard of the Ohio State University. No, let's not say that. And returned 98 yards for a touchdown in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's Puts see. the Bengals on top. Basically, honestly, all at that point, all it was was. It was just one of the scores where yes, the game itself was so close, but the Bengal or the Ravens themselves looked so defeated after yeah, that. I mean, it that was, was just it was the biggest momentum swinger you could have got. I mean, it, it was a fourteen point swing, and one thing you didn't even mention, which uh, you know I don't love the Ohio State part, but Hubbard's from Cincinnati, grew up there, and that you know, that has to feel good. Ninety eight yard touchdown for a what two two eighty pound player, uh, that had to be the best feeling ever. He was a better running back that game than Joe Mixon was. Hey. Um, you know, standard Jerk. standard uh, Greg Roman offense this game. Um, I've actually been hyping him up to take the commander's position, but, you know, he's not the offensive coordinator for this Ravens team. Ran the ball 35 times, um, and, you know, Tyler Huntley wasn't doing him any favors, but the running game just never really fully picked up for this mm-hmm. team. And, uh, you know, they had that big drive in the fourth that looked like they were going to take the lead and just completely flipped in. From there, Cincinnati probably could have, you know, if it wasn't the fourth quarter, ran up to score a little bit more, but... The Ravens should have been in a position to win this game, and you know Joe Burrow didn't play, you know, crazy. Pretty, game. he was pretty pedestrian pretty, game from pretty, Joey B. Just all right game. He was getting pressured a lot this game, which I'll give it to him. But Jamar Chase still one of the best players in the NFL, just in general. Uh, yeah, I love Jamar Chase. In general, pretty like you know fourth quarter at the end, pretty good. But you know, I think we'll go on to the next one. Well, I think is, I think you have to note. That, I mean, yeah, sorry, I just have one quick note on that because eventually we're going to talk about it too, but. I, you said it yourself, under pressure. That's all you can say about Joey B. His entire NFL career. But in the playoffs, it's always a lot more evident. And once yeah. again, he got sacked four times. 
Buffalo, yes, they don't have Von Miller anymore, but they still got a pretty good line, and mm-hmm. that's still something to be feared of. Yeah. So that just raises some question marks for me. Uh, the Bengals have been hit pretty hard with the injury bug on the offensive line this year. So once again, for the second consecutive year, last year was very evident in the Super Bowl, but the offensive line is their biggest issue yep, in yep. the NFL playoffs. And I, uh, you know, I have one more question that you know I keep I keep on these playoff things, throwing these questions that we weren't didn't have scripted down. Uh, is this it for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Because this was he wasn't playing in this game. You know, I was thinking even, about that too. Yeah, he hasn't even thought about like he didn't even come close to playing in these games, and doesn't seem like he wants to play there. So in typical NFL fashion, Lamar Jackson sent out a cryptic tweet yep. uh, Monday morning. <laughs> Deleted his you know, kind of said, pictures. "You gotta love what you have, and you gotta take care of it, and you gotta nurture it." You know, all, all that, all that baloney. Mm-hmm. All right, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I I personally think he is done. But I could also very well just see them being like, Lamar, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit down this offseason, and we're going to offer you a 10-year contract with this absurd amount of guaranteed money. <laughs> 10 years. Even man. though you are a quarterback who your success is only predicated on how athletic you can stay. Yeah. And I, that's not a diss at Lamar Jackson, but that's how I think of him as a player. Well, is He's only as good as his athleticism will carry him. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a take that I hate it when people talk like this. Okay. But it's something that I want to say just to just to kind of put it out there. It's if you take away, I hate when people do this. I really do. You take away his MVP season where he was the best player in the league, which you know obviously we can't take it away. But in the three seasons since then, we're not gonna really count as much year. He's been a good, above average quarterback, better than you know, better than Kyler Murray. But he's not been you know an MVP level quarterback. He's not been a you know cornerstone. You always want to have this guy, best player in the league. He's a great rusher, obviously. His passing is good, you know, not the best in the league. But teams in the AFC have better quarterbacks than him right now. I yep. mean, there's at least four who were in this playoffs that were that are better than him. And and a few are younger. Yeah, exactly. So Baltimore's in a very weird spot. They're in one of the weirdest spots in the NFL. And what I think is going to happen is that, you know, with Greg Roman gone, which actually kind of... You know, Greg Roman was good for Lamar Jackson, even though he wasn't good for receivers. Because um, he, he, there's one thing that guy knows what to do is use running quarterbacks. Because he's not, he's played one year in his time as an offensive coordinator without a running quarterback. The other ten or nine, I think it was, Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, Lamar Jackson. Hmm. So hmm. Greg Roman gone now. You learn something new every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think this is, this is going to be one of those things where they're gonna they're gonna hit him with the uh, oh my god, I'm forgetting the word franchise tag. Um, franchise tag. Thank franchise you. Tag. And he's gonna get traded. So I, I think I don't. I think they're gonna do what they did with Kyler and just just give him the they're big deal. Throw him a crap ton of money, and they're not gonna give him enough help around him. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's gonna become just this average middle of the line quarterback. And all of a sudden, we're gonna be saying, you know, for 15 years from now, what if Lamar Jackson had help? Yep. What if he had taken a pay cut and let them build a team around him? Which I mean, you can't you can't be asking him to take a pay cut right now. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. You know yeah. what I mean, though? Yeah, I do I see think, what you mean. I think this team's Baltimore is going to sell out, and they're going to try to give them the bag, and it's going to come back, and it's going to hurt them for the long-term future. Well, I can't think of a team right now specifically, but you'd think that this would be – Baltimore should leverage this to an NFC team and say, hey, listen, we have a franchise tag. He's going to be gone after next year no matter what, but you guys can be the team to get him and you know, sign into this big deal I because mean, really the at, only team you can think about is one of the NFC South teams, really. Yeah, but I mean, think about the teams in the NFC. I'm thinking specifically Commanders, maybe because yeah. there's only really one elite quarterback right now in the AFC, which is Hurts. I mean, you know, call Hurts elite, whatever. NFC. NFC. Yeah, sorry, I said NFC. NFC. My bad. Um, you know, Dak Prescott's good. 
we you know we Kirk Cousins we've talked about. Okay, Rogers but and Brady Pre- Prescott is a long term. Yeah, he's a long term. Yeah, I think he's a long term quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. But you're seeing you're an NFC team. You feel like you're a quarterback in a little bit more away. You have the weapons around him. I'm not gonna say the Saints because you guys have cap problems, but you, you know what I mean. A team that could use a quarterback. You have a guy like a lobby. It's not so us. Yeah. It's not gonna be you it's guys. Not us. But it's gonna be a say, team like Carolina or, or something. Yeah, like yeah. why why not say listen? We will trade you some draft picks. You know, you guys get you can get your quarterback this year with a draft pick. You can get some wide receivers to help him, and you can have a new guy come in and start your rebuild. And not even it won't even need to be that big of a rebuild it if you're won't. getting a new guy. And then we can have Lamar and have the best quarterback or a top three quarterback in the NFC for the next two to three years mm-hmm. and be happy. And I think some team is going to see that and think, we want that. We want to be that team. I'm just saying, I think the team that could use him the most, obviously they're not going to get him because there's no world where this ever happens because of the other quarterback's quarter uh, or contract situation. Mm-hmm. But like in an ideal world, like you'd want Baltimore or you want Lamar Jackson in Minnesota. Yeah, that because would be fun. that's the team that needs that one piece. Yeah, yeah, that's your Agreed. piece right there on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a similar thing. I would love the Lions. Imagine Lamar Jackson and the Lions. Uh, but it, I mean, yeah, but it seems like you know they're probably just going to take one of the, like Young or Stroud at this point, and or try to get one of those two, or you know, bulk up the team around Jared Goff, who's been good, not amazing, but good. We've you know we've we've gone a little too far away from our main point, but. But it was, hey, it was a good conversation. Good discussion. Good discussion. Good discussion. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get through the NFC quickly. We'll get through the NFC quickly. We got one more AFC. Giants, uh, we do. Correct, correct. Jags, I mean, that game, we, we want to talk about, but it was just a classic Chargers collapse. I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Joe Lombardi fired instantly. I don't know if Staley should be fired, but, uh, you know, continuing my Justin Herbert overrated. Uh, actually, this probably helped him, this game, because he played well. His team was just pretty bad. But they scored zero uh, They scored zero points in the second half. So. Zero points in the second half is a quarterback problem. Yeah, it you is. Know? That is. It is. Yeah, I, so. will, I will admit it. <laughs> yeah, I will admit it. Trevor Lawrence is closer to Justin Herbert than people are willing to admit. Even, I mean, though, even though Lawrence had a bad game as well. I think it's, I mean, this is Lawrence's first year in the NFL, too. Cause yeah, we don't, like we said, don't really count we, last year. We can't count the Urban Meyer year. Yeah. But, I mean, Jacksonville, good for them, man. Yeah, good, good, good for them. Duval or whatever they say. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, just classic Chargers collapse. You really – that's all you need to say. It's disgusting. It's despicable. But at the very least, Cameron Dickers played himself into a starting NFL he contract has. next year. And, I, I can't and that's wait. what matters. I can't wait for them to find a great offensive coordinator. Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot. Justin Herbert has all the weapons, and they're going to go 13-4. and four. I mean, I really like, you know, obviously the word if is such a fun oh, word. Oh, yeah. We love that word. But, you know, if they had Mike Williams, mm, who knows? I don't know. Staley, not the most confident coach. Yeah, confident. But, Sorry, not confident. But Los Angeles, going to regroup next year. New offensive coordinator, correct? Will be new, huge. Yeah, they're, they're going to get a new one. Yep. New OC coming in. I believe they fired their quarterback's coach as well. So, what is this, year four for Herbert next year? Or yeah, year, I, want, I think so. Year yeah. four, right? Yep. Year four, Justin Herbert, we got to see something next year, man. Cause mm-hmm. We got to see a playoff win. We got to see a playoff win because if so, man, I'm going to start believing Evan here. <laughs> and don't, don't Listen, do that to me, Just, Justin. I you got to be the first one on a hype train. If I'm wrong, just, we'll just forget about it. Justin, I have loved you since your rookie year, dude. Like He's a great quarterback. Justin, don't sell me out. He is not top four in the league. Don't sell me out, Justin. <laughs> don't. <laughs> well, moving swiftly onwards. <laughs> Giants beat the Vikings. Another classic. The Vikings losing in an important game uh, after already having beaten the Giants in the regular season. Isaiah Hodgins got that dog in him. He's been great. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, great performance. Mm-hmm. Danny Dimes, Manila Vic is looking amazing right mm-hmm. now. What do you What do you have to say about this one? Bad <coughs> <Right> time. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> what happened? 
guys, guys, the line, the line was like three and a half. He's fine with the line. Which shows you how little confidence Vegas had in a 13 and four versus a nine, seven and one oh New York Giants team. The New York Giants football team. Danny Dimes. And Ryan you, y'all have not heard me get this passionate about a team in a long no, time. No, this is it great. has been a while. Saquad, oh, bark god, bark god. <laughs> Saquad, bark quad. Nine for fifty-three and two touchdowns in his playoff debut, and five for fifty-six receiving yards. Guys, look, if they had real receivers, this could be like an Eli Manning team that goes and beats the undefeated Patriots. It it could it could very well could Guys, be. It could possibly happen. It could be. Look, here's the thing. New York, they're going out. They're getting eliminated this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later, but it's going to happen. New York, come back together. Let's run it back in the offseason. Let's get, you know, let's draft in our first round. Let's draft one wide receiver in the first round. Jordan Addison. Draft one wide receiver. Let's get one guy in free agency. Let's do this. Jacoby Myers, Jordan Addison, Sterling Shepard. Not Jacoby Jerry Myers. Slayton. Not Jacoby Listen, Myers. Listen, he's fine. Not Jacoby Myers. He's fine. Not Jacoby Myers. Either way, we're not going to get too far into it. Next game, 49ers but destroyed the Seahawks. Side note. Yeah, yeah, New York had the best draft class this year, and it was very evident yes, on the field yeah, on yeah. Sunday. They, that, then, okay, well, Jets, Jets. Okay, the Jets. The yeah. New York teams. The New York teams had the best draft classes this them year. And the Seahawks. And it was so evident on the field on God, Sunday. Kayvon Thibodeau, great player he, when, when he, quarterbacks aren't in here next year. He time. grittied on the Minnesota Vikings yeah, he, logo. He did, he did the gritty on them. 49ers game, Brock Purdy. I'm going to stop it right here with Purdy Brock Purdy. No, I'm so sorry. Brock Purdy is just not that good. You shut your mouth. He is just not that good. He is God. <laughs> he played so mediocre. The touchdown pass, I think, I want to say it was Jawan Jennings, was one of the worst thrown balls I've ever seen be a touchdown. <laughs> it was so bad. Was it, was it the Jennings one? I think it was the Jennings I one. I think you're right. Where he yeah. had a perfect lane to the end zone, and he threw it almost pick it off by the cornerback. The cornerback missed the play. Either way, that one, we're going right past. No one cared about that game. Uh, that's not true because I had oh, come the on. What do you Hawks have to win. say? I had the Niners winning by 10, so I just want to say it didn't happen. But Unfortunately. Hey, but Geno Smith played himself into quite – ooh, I mm. – Sorry. He, he, he had a good-ish game. He had a, good, he had a good-ish first two, little qu- bit, little two bit and a half quarters. He's going to get another contract. He's going to get another But contract. that does make me more confident that C.J. Stroud's going to be a Seahawk. I mean, really? Yeah. I, Wait, so what's Seattle's draft I believe they're now? second, right? Or are they – oh, maybe I got that wrong. Yeah, One you might second. need to check yourself on that real NFL quick. NFL. Okay, while he's checking, draft. I'm just going to use a quick moment just to highlight and just give some quick love to Geno Smith. Yes. Oh, I'm just dumb. They're fifth. Yeah, they're fifth, which is still really high up. Yeah, still, that's Anthony Richardson. It's territory. still what you want. Like, guys, yeah, they weren't supposed to be in there, and we all know that. But Seattle, man, you got to give some love to them. Outscoring San Francisco 17-6 to in the second quarter, and then you just go and you get absolutely dogged in the second half. Yeah. It happens. It's whatever. You weren't supposed to win. They put up a fight. You, it wasn't put, that, it wasn't... you put up a fight, and at the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah. So I'm going to give some love to Seattle. They deserve their flowers. Pete Carroll, you know, Brian Dable's going to be coach of the year. Pete Carroll did a great Pete job. Pete Carroll had a fantastic job. And Kenneth Walker was a great, great draft pick. He was pretty darn good. He is the best running back in this class. I still like Reese Hall more. He is the best running back in this class. I still like Reese Hall more, but I'll, I'll give you... And that's cool to be wrong. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Speaking of people that were wrong, you with the Bucks, huh? Hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you set yeah, me yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you're going to throw up the alley-oop, don't, <laughs> don't get mad when I dunk it. Yeah, uh, Brett Maher. Can you stop? <laughs> I 
Uh, JC's getting annoyed by Stop my little typing, OCD yeah. stuff in our, in our <laughs> document that we read off of. Um, Brett Maher missed four extra points, which was a playoff record. I think it's an NFL record, right? That was the funniest thing I've ever that seen was, in my entire life. I mean, we, we, I was watching that game with my friend group, and we were just laughing every time he, he missed because it kept coming up, and all my Cowboy fan friends, you know, they were confident about them winning at this point. But by the fourth one, they're like, just go for two. And uh, he missed again. And it, I, I mean, I thought that was hilarious. That was just great. Dude, it's just, that was, I mean, that was really cool because I think people were right. People were saying, you know, this is the first time that we've ever seen like the yips get yeah, to somebody yeah, yeah. get to somebody on a live on a, like on a live stage. So bad too. Because Maher, you know, I I really genuinely felt bad for the guy mm-hmm. because he's a good kicker. Yeah. He, he missed four, he's a top ten kicker in the league. Usually. He missed four kicks the entire year, right? Four PATs. I believe three so or four. Like yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, dude, I don't know. It was just. Sorry, it was Brett. it was really sad. And the thing is, I really thought that we were going to see something out of Tampa Bay in that second half. I was like. Tommy's not done yet. He's not done. Tom's got something in him. And then they go three and out. Mm-hmm. And then CeeDee Lamb just abuses their zone coverage and their soft coverage. And the Cowboys go drive and just put it away. 31-14. Look, guys, you know Evan and I are really hoping they get eliminated because we don't want to keep talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Because I don't want my roommates to keep talking about the Dallas I, Cowboys. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, and yeah. you know this about me. But, I mean, you have to – you got to applaud Dak Prescott. 305, four yeah, touchdowns, he had a great game, 96 QBR. He <laughs> had <laughs> a fantastic game. Tony Pollard once again outperforming Ezekiel Elliott. Oh wow, it's not it's not a rarity anymore. It's, it's just, not. It's just what usually happens in that, that group. And Dalton Schultz having. I mean, a, playing his way into a big contract. I was going to say that. Yeah, I mean, Schultz, it's Schultz 100 yards and two touchdowns, and he's going to be a free agent this year. Some team, Commanders, uh, is going to give him <laughs> some big money uh, at the tight end position. Yeah. Uh, a few. I mean, a few things I have to note. A, don't think that was it for Tom Brady. He didn't seem like he was done. Um, he looked pretty bad. Uh, but I will give it to the Buccaneers. Stupid old calling. man. Byron Leftwich literally got fired the next day because of that. Um, I'm not actually. I'm gonna act like he didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you know, they they, they uh, threw the ball uh, six and a half more times than they ran the ball this game, which is comedically insane. Uh, Leonard Fournette showed up in a hoodie that said "Playoff Lenny." Playoff Lenny's not real. He uh, had five carries for 11 yards, so yeah. he's the most watched running back in the NFL. If Joe Mixon's not. Sorry, Joe Mixon fans. Hopefully, there's no Joe Mixon fans. He's not a good person. Um, yeah, it's that was one of those games. Didn't know that. Let's talk about that after the episode. You don't remember what he did at Oklahoma? I don't. We'll talk about it later. Let's, let's talk, talk about it later. Okay. Yeah. We'll get. But this is one of those games where uh, the rookie, or not rookie, but the young running backs completely outplayed their counterparts. Uh, you know, Rashad White's definitely better than Fournette at this point. Tony Pollard's better than Zeke at this point. He's also going to get paid. Could don't do that. Um, yeah. You know, Bucks defense crumbled a little bit. Ryan Jensen, in his first game back from injury, had like eight bad snaps. Uh, and, you know, Brady had 350 yards, but when you throw the ball 66 times, you'd hope you'd get over 300 yards. Stupid old man. Yeah. Yeah. 24 QBR. 24 QBR, rating of 72. Uh, Tommy. Yeah. It's time, dude. It might be. Touchdown, it's Tom. Time. Great career. Fantastic Listen, career. Go, go, go talk to Giselle. You know, get the family back together. Have yeah. a little reunion. Like, you got that movie coming out with Gronk on February 3rd. Maybe that mm-hmm. can save some face. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Look, Tom, you are the undisputed goat, and when you do officially retire, we know you're gone and like, good, it's not Adam and, like, to retire. properly like, properly dead. You're not coming back. Like, not like actually dead, but you know, like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's done. He's his buried, career. Yeah. Like, he has a ten-year Fox deal waiting for him when he retires. He's got some. He's stuff ready to do in the like, Football's gonna after. be there for you no matter what. So, have no shame. Yes, you lost. Yes, you got embarrassed, but you know what? You still have. Seven? I want to say seven, yeah. You have more rings than Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. 
you have more rings than the undisputed goat of the NBA. Whoa, okay. Sidebar. We'll talk about that later. That was I came out of nowhere. It's just what I believe. That's beside the point. Doesn't uh, matter. Tom, it's time to hang it up. Whatever. It, it took you four years in Tampa Bay to get it done. Three years. You finally beat New Orleans. That's it. That's all I gotta say. Fantastic career. Go. Retire. It's over. Speed things that need to go and go quickly. We've been rambling a lot, and we're trying to. We are. We are trying to. I feel like we're not even rambling. I feel like it's like an actual intellectual conversation. No, we're having we're great conversations. Football, we're yeah. just talking so much. Yeah. We're gonna try to get through these playoff predictions for the next round uh, as quickly as possible. We'll all still give them some analysis. Give First me the game, money lines. Kansas City after the bye versus Jacksonville. What's happening? Uh, Kermit the Frog is good at football. Gonna do what he always does, and he's gonna be the offensive player of the year. Jacksonville. You guys beat the Chargers. It's not a real playoff win. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Kansas City. I'm going to take Kansas uh, in a pretty cold game, so I don't know how Trevor Lawrence is going to respond to that. Because I believe right now it's projected there could be light snow, uh, 30 degrees. I'm going to go KC by a score of 41 to 17. Wow, that's not even close. Not even close. One thing I forgot to mention that's another personal gloating point is uh, I I called called (laughs) Travis Etienne breakout game. Oh, was I right? Oh, yeah, he was so good in that game against the Chargers. How's my Josh Allen prediction looking? Uh, it's looking. It's still still got stuff to go, but ETN, <laughs> five yards of carry. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, yeah, I mean the Chiefs are likely gonna win this game. I think it's closer than you're giving. I'm I'm feeling a, a cool 31-24 touchdown game. A cool 30. All right, so right now the money line or it's an eight, it's an eight, eight and a half difference. Right? I'll take the under. Yeah, give me that. You'll take the under at 53, and it it's 8.5 spread right now. Mm-hmm. 8.5. Okay. Yeah. Wow, so you're thing. picking the Jags to cover the spread. I, I guess I just love the Jags in the playoffs. I just think the Jags are better than people are giving them credit. Actually, that's a pretty fair – like, that's pretty nice Vegas odds for them against this great of a team. So. It's very fair. And we're going to turn to what I think – yes, both quarterbacks played a little mid this weekend, but I think what is going to be the game of the playoffs with, you know, hopefully the exception of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The big matchup. The big matchup, the one that I have been waiting this entire season for. Mm-hmm. Um also, I won $40 from this guy in Teak <laughs> off of uh, my divisional prediction. So, for the guys in Teak that are listening, one of you owes me $40. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Our social org. Yes. <laughs> Bengals, Bills, CBS. Can't wait to hear Tony Ramos say, Oh, I don't know about that, Jim. Ah, it's going to be Jim, a tough one. Ah, it's going to be one. <laughs> now, Jim, I think Josh Allen, what he's got to do. Jim, get ready for a rush to the left here. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. In <laughs> Jim. Josh Allen in the biggest moment. <laughs> Tony, I'm sorry. Don't get us started didn't on the impersonations. Didn't mean to dog on you. You are a fantastic NFL commentator. We love you. Now, this game is also being predicted to come down to less than a touchdown as the Bills are favored. It is a home game. Yeah. Let's see what we get. And as of right now, you know, I'm going to say it, but honestly, it might not. It, it really. It might not happen, but. I'm still picking Buffalo, and I am doing it by a close score. I'm doing it by less than a touchdown, and I don't think it's going to be an offensive explosion either. I think it's really going to come down just a score of Buffalo by a score of 20 to 17. Yeah? Okay. I don't see offense playing that's a huge role in this game. Okay, that's fair. You know, I think this is a game that got postponed in the regular season. We should have seen this matchup already, um, which makes it even more of a question mark of what's going to happen. Uh, I had the Bengals preseason – not preseason, pre-postseason, as my favorites to make it to the Super Bowl. And if you'd show me that Ravens game, I would have said, you know what, never mind. 
this is not a team that's going to the Super Bowl. But the Bills played a similarly very poor game against what I would say is a weaker opponent and a weaker quarterback. And they let Skylar Thompson let offense score 30 points on them, which is why I yeah. think that this is not going to be a defense game. I'm going the exact opposite of you. Really? And I, I think this game is going to come up a lot to me. For Obviously, we're going to talk about the O-lines. And, you know, Josh Allen plays his way into sacks. Joe Burrow gets sacked, which is kind of the difference between these two quarterbacks. Obviously, Allen makes more plays with his feet. Um, in general, I think it's going to be a running back game. It's going to be, is Joe Mixon going to show that he's one of the better running backs in the NFL? Yeah. Is, is what's, he a top what's 10? Devin Singletary in it? Well, yeah, because Devin Singletary is not good. Yep. Um, sorry to my friend Zach from back home who loves Devin Singletary. Um, it's going to come down to a guy like Joe Mixon because these teams are pretty similar. Elite quarterback, elite wide receiver, elite receiving cores in general. Suspect line. Suspect offensive line. Good, not great defenses, which didn't look great in the playoffs. And... You know, Jonah Williams is out for this game. Alex Cap is out for this game for the Bengals. They're playing down some players. And very importantly for the Bills, this, both of their safeties, Hyde and Poyer, look like they're not playing. Poyer right now is questionable. So, Yikes. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But I just think Joe Burrow is going to dismantle this Bills defense. And, you know, Joe is going to ride that playoff success from last year. He's going to put up 42 points to the 35 of the Bills. Seven-point win. You know what? The thing is, you're going to be – I, I, I'm only saying it because I, I, I have not once wavered in my confidence for the Buffalo this entire year. Mm-hmm. So I can't take it back on the game's biggest no, stage. No, I can't. That'd be rude of me. I think you're going to be right. I think, I think that it, means I'm going to be wrong. I think <laughs> we you're, can't be agreeing. I think you're going to be right. I don't want you to be right. But at Joe Burrow, I think he might outperform. or he, He's probably going to outperform Josh Allen. Yeah. And if he does, is, then we'll start is, having some other is conversations. Joe, yeah, is Joey just number two, two yeah. number two quarterback in the NFL? Mm, we'll see. Know. We'll see. We'll see. But also, it'd be pretty crazy if we got a Casey Cincy matchup. I would too. love that as well. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. But we're gonna turn it over to the team that also has a fraud in there. I won't say which team it is, but it'll be pretty. There. It'll be pretty evident at one point whether it happens in the Super Bowl or the conference championship. But we got the. The New York Football, Football Giants team. team versus, you know, Philly, mm-hmm. whatever. The Eagles. Yeah. Mid. Anyway. <laughs> Look, let's say it. It's going to be it's going to be a blowout, guys. Um, let's look what Philly did this year against the Giants because Actually, I can't off the top of my head remember. But. I could not either, but I if I believe correctly, it ended pretty I mean, they Pretty beat them 48-22, yep. and, and then also 22-16 at the start of the year. 48-22 was not recent? Uh, it was about week 15, five. right? No, no. How long ago? Week, week five. Week five. Okay. Yeah. But they've beat them pretty easily this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really all you need to say. Uh, you know me. I'm, I'm going to do my thing. I'm a dog on Philly. But they do have one of the best home crowds left in this playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, also, I, I did actually get that wrong. ESPN, it was reversed, right? ESPN inverts it weirdly because we didn't do enough prep. It was five weeks ago, or I guess it would be you know, six, seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Eagles, I believe, are also going to win this game. I mean, uh, obviously. Healthy I mean, Jalen Hurts. Healthy Jalen Hurts. One of the best supporting cast in the league apart from him. And some of the best voices, too, in their offensive line. My <laughs> God, did you listen to that Christmas album? I did, yeah. It was beautiful. Jordan Mylotta's got some pipes, man. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, guys, Jalen Hurts, he's going to get his second career playoff win. Or, will this be his first? I cannot remember. I think this is going to be his first playoff win. Yes. No, yes, because last year he lost to Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. This is going to be Jalen Hurts' first playoff win. 
it's going down in it's going down in Philly. Um, go birds go, I guess. Go birds go. But this one, once again, I'm predicting not a blowout, blowout, but Philly's going to take care of business by a score of 42, 224. I'm a big fan of the 42 this weekend. 35-21. Let's go on. 35-21. So we both got Philly. Yeah, I, right. I think this one's just pretty. So we really only have the one uh, that we have. <laughs> we only have the one that we're different on right now. Yeah. Which turns our attention to also Evan said today he's like, we've never gotten into a fight. <laughs> Why are we bringing this up now? Because it's gonna happen with this game. Oh, okay. This because is of the sort of way the, that the you just disrespected out. the greatest. The greatest awesome. to ever do it. He's better than Kurt Warner. He's better than Nick Foles in the Super Bowl run. He is better than Drew Brees in 2009. He is Brock, Timothy, Dirty, 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 Birdie. Oh my God! What, what Evan, an intro. Lead it up for us, guys. I need. I need a. What's the name of that composer? Was it John Williams? John, John, John. I, I'll be honest, I can't think right now. After that. <laughs> what was that? I need the composer from Jurassic Park for Dallas versus San Francisco. This game has history. It has meaning behind it. And at, John Williams. John Williams, yeah. At the very least, it's setting up Philly to play either the Cowboys, which would honestly just be like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me for my life. Yeah, or like people who enjoy themselves. Yeah, because those are honestly two of the worst fan bases that we yeah. have. We or, have no bias on this podcast. I don't care. <laughs> or it's going to be Philly Too bad. versus San Francisco. But, guys, I'll let Evan talk and do his little fake news, and then I'll close Ooh, it out for my score prediction. News. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy's not that good, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't care what the stats say. I have eyeballs. He makes bad throws very often. And it's not like, you know, most quarterbacks would be doing Like, okay, not every quarterback. Yeah. Jimmy G would be doing it better right now, is all I'm saying. You know, this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be a fun one. Like, within three points of, of the victory. You know, four points is the spread right now in favor of San Francisco. Well, you said three? Uh, I think it's going to be within three. I'm okay. Not, I'm not going to reveal who the winner is. What is, um, oh, it's a four-point. Four-point okay. spread. Okay. Um, you know, Dak Prescott's the better quarterback in this matchup. Not a question in my eyes. The defense, the Cowboys' defense looks better than what it had Cowboys fans complaining about last five weeks in the season. It's looking a lot better right now, which gives them a little bit of an edge because obviously the 49ers defense is the best in the league. But if Dallas' defense is going to be that good, this could be a Dallas favorite matchup. But, but, Brock Purdy has the best supporting cast in the NFL next to him. Christian McCaffrey still a top three running back in the NFL. George Kittle, the second best tight end in the NFL. Debo, Ayuk. Really? You still give him second best? Yeah. Okay. If we're talking about full, if we're not like you know fantasy wise, he's not. But if we're talking about the full, how <laughs> not the end, fantasy. If we're talking about how tight end in full play with you know blocking and stuff yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Great. I agree. I agree. Ayuk and Samuel, great receiver duo. This is you know run after catch like heaven for these players. Rack. And yeah, the rack yak, whatever rack. you want to call it. It's gonna be a 49ers win. I'm gonna say it. Brock Purdy's <laughs> gonna pull it out. Wow. I thought you were gonna be an eight twenty seven. I was expecting kind of oaf vibes from you there. No, I uh, – well, listen, I don't think Purdy's good. I think the rest of their team is the best in the league. You give this team Dak Prescott, they're waltzing into the Super Bowl. Waltzing. All righty, guys. Dak Prescott, mid. Overrated. 
Wow. Not that good. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed by his performance and what he did. I'm, you know, as much as I am, I I will admit, I I don't even think I've ever told Evan this, but I dislike the Dallas Cowboys as much as I dislike USC. Really? That's how much I dislike the Dallas Cowboys. You guys know about his USC. And if you guys know, if there's one thing I hate. It's USC for some reason. It's USC. That's how much I hate the Dallas Cowboys. And their fan base, and their owner, and their stupid coaches. All of it, you know? And, you know, it's cool, whatever. But you guys haven't won a playoff game since, like, the 90s. Or, like, been to a Super Bowl since the 90s. say your prediction. (laughs) I gotta get to it. Y'all, Brock Purdy, I'm joking a lot, but the guy has still, like, he's gonna, like, be either be the number two quarterback next year on the Niners' death chart, or somehow they're gonna convince something that he's worthy of a first-round trade. Oh, no, no. First for Brock Purdy. I could, I could I would throw up. I could see them, I could see a team trading a really good player in, like, a second and a third for Brock Purdy. Just because of how well he has played. Yeah. I could see it happening. I'm not saying it's the right decision. It would be. I'm not saying it's the right decision, but it could happen. If your favorite NFL team <laughs> for, for Brock Purdy, I will give you any, I will not care. I will let you bandwagon whatever team you want. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That's all I got to say on that one, guys. But, like, it's like he said. The 49ers, I mean, what more can you say about this? Their system just, you just excel in their system. They did it with Jimmy G. Jimmy G took them to a Super Bowl and had them 10 minutes away from beating Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You know, his first year in San Francisco. First year, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. First year in San Francisco. I'm sure it would have made Trey Lance look like a competent quarterback, too, if he just hadn't gotten hurt early on in the season. <laughs> yep. But, I mean... Anybody, it looks like anybody or, you know, a average quarterback can succeed in this system. Mm-hmm. And when you have, like Evan said, I mean, Evan said the best. When you have the best supporting cast around you, all you got to do is just be a game manager. All you got to do is be Stetson Bennett. Just be good enough. Just be good enough. Give me the Niners in a tight game because I do think the Dallas defense is going to make Purdy uncomfortable at some points. Mm-hmm. I do think that's bound to happen. Um, it's not a night game, which I feel like I don't know. I feel like in for some reason I just feel like a night game just wouldn't be good for San Francisco. Even though daytime, which is like a really silly thing to say. I don't know. Like I, I don't weather doesn't make a huge difference, but five thirty, Levi Stadium, it's going down, y'all. It's going. You know what else down. is going down? The Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Ezekiel Elliott gone. Yep. Dak Prescott Cut mid. Awful. This game ends. With the Niners defense picking up Prescott, he gets hit. In the game. He gets sacked. He just lays there like a silly little man as the entire team just runs by him and flocks on the field. And they go up to the cam, and they've got their chain on, and everyone's going crazy. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote one of my favorite NFL players here. That's what happens when you try – when you – what is it? When you test me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. I'm the best in the business. I'm the best in the game. That's what happens. Who's talking about you? Crabtree. This is the worst episode we've ever created. It's not. San Francisco. This is the most biased I've ever heard us talk. It's my fault. It's my fault. Even outside of when we're just fans, we're more biased right now than we're biased about Texas football when we're at the football (laughs) game. Either way. San Francisco. San Francisco. By a score. Because... 
It's gonna be like a, a late insurance score. It's gonna help. It's gonna be thirty-five two. Mm. Think about it. Thirty-one. Thirty-five twenty-seven. Okay. Thirty-five twenty-seven. Dallas got a chance at the end, but who's picking them off? Hafuanga, or how do you pronounce his name? Tashawn Gibson. No. 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 Someone on the defensive line. On the D line, Eric Armstead. Someone on the D line is picking off Dak Prescott. Give you me heard Samson it here first. Evacom. And that's JC's lock of the lock week. Of the week. <laughs> God, I can't believe. Also. That. If somehow they win, I give every single Dallas uh, fan full permission to clown on me yeah, yeah, for yeah. at least the next week of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you would deserve it after that. I would deserve fun. it. But I mean, honestly, like, you could go perfect four zero this weekend. I mean, I think this is the weekend where it's probably easiest to go to go perfect. Yeah. I, I feel like the, you know some of the matchups are. I feel like the, the one seed matchups it just look like they're gonna win. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see. I uh, regardless, I forgot we had a D block. I'm gonna be honest. This is going to be the weirdest transition. We went from the most biased Dallas Cowboys hate I've ever seen to, hey, we're talking about Harry Potter. Guys, it's because we honestly just didn't think we were going to talk that long about, no, we about football. No, today. we're sticking to it. We're doing this. I really I like how much we've, we've talked so much today about football, and I love it. We've, it's been such a fun episode. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Like I told Evan, I have a really bad habit of just like blanking out during our B-block. It always happens. I just, you know, Texas basketball, it's not Texas football. It's not my baby. Mm-hmm. But... That's being said, Evan, heads or tails? Oh, we're doing it right here. Heads or tails? Uh, you, you guys know, are hearing that live on air, baby. Tails does not fail. Tails. He didn't even explain it. Uh, we're doing a <laughs> Harry Potter movie draft, one through eight. We'd love some heads. Input. Damn. First pick, baby. We'd love some input on who you guys think has a better draft. Uh, we already know we have some differing opinions because we've argued with our friends before about this. So, Jacob, with the first pick, who are we, who are we taking? And uh, more like a movie. What are we taking? All right, Commissioner Goodell. <laughs> With the first pick. I should not have had five shots of espresso before this episode. That was a horrible decision. Yeah, you're on my so point. energetic. It's so fun. Guys, I'm going to edit this episode so much. I've talked so much and I've yelled so much into the mic. It's great. It's great. Anyway, uh, with the first pick in the 2023 Harry Potter movie draft. And also, before we go into this, remember, guys, we are biased. We will not change our opinions on that. Nope. And I am a film major. Oh, well, I'm so a film major. if I know what I'm saying knows ball is there. correct, what I'm saying is canon, and it's okay to be wrong if you don't agree with me, but you are wrong because I do have the, the degree. I, it, my word is canon in this draft. <laughs> Just take your first pick. My first pick, <laughs> Evan Richard Beath. Oh, we're about the middle It's going to be Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Boring. Harry Potter and the Order Boring. of the Phoenix is my first pick. Boring. This guy just picked cringe. That's the worst one. No, it's not the worst one. Uh, boring, though. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't uh, cry when Harry's uncle died? I'm you sorry. Didn't cry. Uh, you're not even going to say his name. Mr. We- I can't. It hurts too much. Ah, uh, yeah. What's his you're name? Not- Sirius Black. Okay, thank you. You're not going to cry when Mr. Weasley got attacked in the Ministry of Magic? Yeah, I'm... No. All right, that's fair. Uh, I'm going with the best movie by far, Prisoner of Azkaban. Easy. Lock it in. Uh, just a turning point in the series. You you were saying to me earlier that you think The Lord of the Phoenix is a turning point, so maybe that's just where we differ. Yeah, I think But this is where, you know, it turned into a, like, kind of just a lot of setup in the first two movies. Like, oh, Harry's this, Harry's that. To, oh, this guy's doing stuff. He's for real. A lot of great characters in this one. And that's also one I've watched most recently, so Ooh, there might be a little bit of recency bias. 
I just really like this one. I okay. just thought it was, you know, good, good one where it felt like it turned from, you know, oh, this kid's in school to, all right, this is some good, this is some good film. This is where we're getting some good movies out of it. Honestly, who do you think had it harder? Harry Potter, all six of his years at Hogwarts, or us trying to be full-time students and edit a podcast every week? I mean, it's probably us. Did Harry Potter have to deal with FAFSA? I don't think so. So true. I don't think so. So true. Oh, no, Voldemort's got a wand. Oh, no. Did Harry have to walk 14 minutes to campus every day? Seriously. That's all I'm saying, guys. Harry Potter didn't get an extension on his stuff. Uh, for go. mine, I'm gonna go with. Uh, um, I th- I really like the movies that themselves they're lit kind of like and set up as dark films, and it's evident from the beginning. So while I was thinking number six for a while, I, uh, number six is like a very talk heavy movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with just you know, crow crow crow. I'm gonna go with some action. I'm gonna go with the World Cup or whatever oh, we call it. Oh, dude, he told my pick. <laughs> on fire. Third pick. I'm taking that guy from Twilight. I'm taking Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. That's despite them having that was the episode where they had the absolute worst hair I've ever seen. In oh my life. yeah, yeah. That that was a transition. We were talking about transition. That was a transition from goober looking Harry to you know okay the series is getting better again. Heinous Potter. Yeah, I, I was thinking about picking that because. It's like a sports one, and we're like, you know, the sports podcast. So true. But I had to go prisoner first. Um, you know, that, you know, you took my pick. I, I need to look at my notes again. Who I had? That's, oh, uh, no, I'm not really going to pick this one. No, I'm not. I'm going with Deathly Hallows Part 2. <gasps> okay. Okay. For mine. Okay. You know, it's got to be that that last one. It, it's, you know, not the most iconic one, but it, it really, it, they did a great job of wrapping up the story. A lot of times, those really long series, that last one's not good. It was a great movie. Great ending. Love that one. Good action, too. One of the best action ones. Can I tell you something deeply personal right out live on air? Yeah. Do you want to hear, like, one of the worst moments of my life? Do you want to say it? Yeah. Okay, then do. Do you want to know that there I am, Deathly Hollows Part 2. I got up to use the bathroom. Oh, no. Right before it was Harry said, let's finish the way we started and Tom, together! And then he grabbed his face and they, like, went over the side of the cliff. I was in the you bathroom that? for that. Yep. I had three root beers, and my little 10-year-old bladder couldn't handle it. <laughs> the root beers. Yep. Oh it was pretty traumatic. I'm so sorry, young JC. Yep. Anyway, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Honestly, if I didn't love Order of the Phoenix so much, I would have picked that with my number one overall. I feel good about it. It's a that, fantastic movie. And to quote Seamus, I can bring it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's a great one. Which brings me down, hey, to my next pick. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say... Hmm. I have two right now that I'm thinking of. Okay, that's good, because I only have one. I have two right now. I'm really in between these two, because on one hand, you know, it's like, there's just this one, there's only one scene in it that I love oh so much, and then the second one just has such, like, a strong story throughout. Okay. I'm going to go Deathly Hollows Part 1. Really? Oh, pick. You take it. I'm going to go Deathly Hollows. That was Hollows. my last pick. I, I hated that I movie. love the Deathly Hollows part one. I, I thought that was the most boring piece of film I'd ever seen. I, 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 as a man, have sobbed several times in my life. One of that being the Minneapolis Miracle mm-hmm. uh, back in the 2017 NFL playoffs. Yeah. You know, classic. And, of course, when Dobby was a free elf. When Dobby was a free Men cried. I, okay, that's Men fair. cried that's and boys weeped. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Listen, JC, I'm looking at this draft right now. This is a sports podcast. We're going to make some comparisons. 
I'm looking at you right now. That order of the Phoenix, Phoenix pick, you just picked Zach Wilson. Yeah, that was Zach Wilson. And the person who asked me was Justin. I can't even say what I want to say to you right now because yeah, we are so on mad. air. Yeah, you're so mad. Deathly Hollows, you just picked Jalen Rager. You ever thought about that? That's the Jalen Rager of picks because Justin Jefferson, Harry Potter, and the Sorcerer's Stone, baby. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, listen. Not the best movie. But there's so much nostalgia. Yeah, okay, okay, Marcus Davenport. There's so much nostalgia. Okay, Marcus Davenport. <laughs> there's so much nostalgia. Do you know where you were the first time you watched that film? Probably not. Uh, Grandparents' House. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, Grandparents' House. Um, just, you know, again, not the most, yeah, it was a six pick for a reason. Not the best movie out of these, yep. but it started, it started it all. It was the rookie year. You know, that great, great first year. Loved it. Thought it was a great movie and better than the ones that we have left. So, it's cute. Yeah. And I learned, you know, I know how to play chess now, so I really get Ron Weasley now. Mm-hmm. I yeah. learned how to play chess this week, guys. Uh, you know, love me some chess. Little, little sidebar. Uh, I'm a little bit of intellectual these days. Uh, also, Evan spelled sorcerers wrong, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, I that. know. It's sad, but I just like changing it. Uh, wow. I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to let it drop, and I'm gonna have to kind of take this little flex play, because this one came out on my birthday, so. Um, I guess, I guess I have to do it. It's not my favorite. I will say, I think this is actually in my top three books, though. Okay. I will say that the book itself is probably in my top three. I, I, I love the book. So, let's go ahead and do Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets with the seventh pick. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's just, it's a good one. It's like you said, I like it more than the origin story. Uh, it's interesting. There's the little ghost girl. She's cool to root for. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what's going on with her. Um, there's yeah. there's the snake that didn't wear his retainer. Oh yeah, that was uh, the fraudulent teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always fraudulent teachers. Always fraudulent teachers. Tom Felton. What more can a boy want? What more can a boy want? Also, we get to we get to love that boy Neville Longbottom. <laughs> love that guy. Neville. So for me, I'm yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that little risky play, and I think it will pay off long run. You know, that leaves me with the one last one. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. I cannot remember what happened in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So, yeah, you win the last picks because I – this – what happened in this movie? Um, Would you like to hear my 10-minute summary? No. Or my 10-second summary? Yeah, yeah, Give me 10 seconds. All right, ready? Oh, my. Things are dark in London. Dumbledore, why is your hand black? Oh, we're going to this island to uncover secrets. Avada Kedavra, Dumbledore falls. That's oh, my gosh. He's dead. Death oh. mark. Is that the one with the Boom. horcrux in the water? That's the one. That That's, was a cool scene. It was a great scene. Oh, okay. Then I like that. Never okay. Mind. okay. I'm glad that you were able to understand that from my 10 Yeah, that was summary. a really good little summary. I'm him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there goes one of the weirdest episodes. So actually, we had some good analysis, but this one did, did run on a little bit longer than we wanted to. I'm not had sorry about Potter. it. Had some Harry Potter. You know, I think there was some great analysis, some good humor. Good overall episode of ours. Listen, we'll go over the draft again. JC had the Order of the Phoenix. Goblet of Fire, Deathly Hallows Part 1, and The Chamber of Secrets. I had The Prisoner of Azkaban, Deathly Hallows Part 2, The Sorcerer's Stone, which I spelled wrong, and The Half-Blood Prince. I think, pretty good draft. You know, I, yeah, I had my opinion. You know, your Jalen Rager pick was a little bit bad. but Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I think that's going to do it for us here in Austin, Texas. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before we close it out? Um... Go 49ers, baby. Yeah, go Niners. Go Niners! <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, that's I mean that's all I got. Like Evan said, guys, thank you for your constant support. I know things really have been weird as we're making the transition into a new audio system. Um, things are just gonna keep changing from us. 
as we go here on out. And things are going to get weird and they're going to get funky. And episodes are going to get released on Thursdays mm-hmm. at midnight. Thing. Yeah. Episodes are going to get released on Saturdays at 2 in the morning. Overall, just thank you for your consistent support and thank you for always checking in on us. We appreciate everyone who listens to our episodes. And, you know, hopefully from here on out, it's like Evan said at the very beginning of the year, we're trying to put out as much content as possible and we're trying to put out as much quality content for you guys. But at the end of the day, we're doing this podcast because we love it and we love getting to teach y'all a little bit about sports. Seriously, yeah. I mean, he, he couldn't have put it better. This has been one of my most fun episodes. Definitely, I think I uh, liked this one more than last week's. And yeah, a lot of definitely fun for one. sure. We I did some, like some, this we week. had some we had some fun. We had some good analysis, and I think we went to the new we went to a new place to eat today. Yeah, we did. We we went to a, 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 a sub place, I guess I, you would call it. My, t- Hut. my tummy hurts. Yeah, yeah. We we had a lot of food. We, um, had, we had an early dinner. We didn't do dinner after. Yeah, guys, we had dinner at four thirty today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Either way, yeah. thank you guys so much for listening. The forty yard line is signing out for today. Thank you so much. I've been Evan. Here with Jacob. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Take it easy.